Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick the latest NFL news and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is November 13th. Yes, it is week 11. Entering week 11 of the 2018 NFL season. My, how time flies when you're having fun. My name is Michael Nesrick, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my very good friend and very experienced player and excellent fantasy football uh, article writer, Chris Rito. Oh, and Colts uh, scout extraordinaire. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Well, uh, I certainly can write, but I certainly can't pick lineups if my last week was in the indication. I had a, I had a rough week, but, uh, yeah, thanks for the uh, the kudos. I appreciate it. It builds my confidence back up. Well, uh, yeah, I heard, I heard about that because I did the same thing that you did. Uh, we did start A-Rob, Allen Robinson, in the Fan X and won our game, but both of us, for different reasons, uh, didn't play him this week, and uh, it, it was kind of depressing. But anyway, let's move on over to the news and notes of the day. And, boy, the Bell saga is finally over. I don't want to talk about Levy and Bell, at least until the offseason. We don't have to now because he chose not to show up. He's not going to get paid at all. He's not going to play in 2018. Oh, that tweet back in the spring says, uh, you know, we tried Steeler Nation to try and get a long-term deal done, but 2018 is going to be my best season ever. Oh, yeah, sure was, right? Uh, uh, all that all – that, uh, Jet skiing down in Miami, you know, <laughs> oh my gosh, wherever he was down in Florida. Uh, Chris, uh, what do you think of this, uh, passing up on $14.5 million to ensure your health and uh, hopefully sign a big lucrative deal in the offseason? I mean, I don't think – I'm not sure it was the right idea. I'm not sure I would have ever been able to do it myself if I was in that position. But I think he's absolutely right in that he will get a big deal next year from somebody there's several teams in need of a running back that have a lot of money available or that would make a lot of money available. So it, it may not have been the right call now, but I, in the long run, he's going to get what he wanted. Whether, he, whether, whether what he wanted was right, I don't know, but he'll get what he wanted. Yeah, I think the, the overriding factor was the fact that he could have, you know, really hurt himself uh, a la Earl Thomas there in Seattle, uh, you know, show up. Uh, not quite in football shape, gets out there, you know, tears an Achilles or, or you know, Des Bryant did this. They set out the whole season and signs with the Saints and at the end of the first practice last week, he tears an Achilles and he's gone. So I guess, you know, Bell's kind of protecting himself. He didn't want that because he knew that if that happened, it's late enough in the season where it's going to affect his season next year and it's going to affect his ability to get a big money deal. He's 27 years old, I believe, so, you know, he's not getting any younger and he's one year – uh, down the road in age, but he's got no mileage on him for this year, uh, you know, and I think he is going to get a Todd Gurley-type deal, a David Johnson-type deal 
you know, the whole thing comes back to the rolling bonuses that uh, I've heard some uh, some stories about the rolling bonuses that the Steelers offered him, basically, you know, uh, guaranteeing his salary each year if he if he made it through the year unscathed and and you know and, and at a certain point, you know, and I'm like, no, th- that doesn't work. I mean, you know, come on. Uh, but the thing is, is that he's an older guy, and the Steelers really didn't want to pay him for this, uh, you know, uh, for three or four years up front, because uh, he's going to be 30 in three years here. And, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately for him, Todd Gurley and, and uh, uh, David Johnson are younger, uh, so they got the big money deals. But he's going to get his next also, year because there's so many teams. Mm-hmm. But he also did get a full year off to rest and recover and build his strength back up in the middle of his career which other guys don't have. So yep. even though he's a year older on the calendar, he's not a year older in mileage, and he has a full year of rest and recovery, which nobody else his age in the prime of their career has. So you can make the argument that this may actually extend his career such that the end of his useful time may not be 30 like most running backs. It might actually push it out to 31 or 32. Yeah, uh, you're exactly right there because, and we've got nobody to go on this. We we've had players take years off and all, but usually it's later in their career in their 30s and such. We don't we don't have anybody in the ultimate, uh, you know, the prime of their career in the mid 20s take a full year off, especially the the, the pounding and tackling and yeah, I mean, good gosh, the punishment. This is you know not not a protected quarterback or a wide receiver or whatnot. Uh, you know, that can, can run all out of bounds and, you know, short alligator arms passes so he makes sure he doesn't get hit and all. This is a guy that's got the football on him almost immediately, just dump off in the in the, in the, uh, in the Mac field, and he has to make everything on his own and, and, and get away from these guys trying to tackle him. And, uh, you know, so I guess I, I really cannot blame him. He played hardball with the Steelers because they've made him play hardball. That's uh, very interesting. And uh, I guess – the Steelers are kind of happy about it because they don't have to pay him this. They don't have a running back controversy, and they got their guy in James Conner, and he's proven that to be a pretty good stud himself. Maybe maybe he's not the same level as Le'Veon Bell, but he's certainly good enough because he's in the top ten, top five, you know, running backs uh, statistically for the just, season. Statistically, so he's better than Le'Veon Bell has ever been in his career at this point. He's already scored more touchdowns than Le'Veon Bell ever has in a single season. Wow. Yeah, that that's just amazing. So, you know, maybe this is uh, good for both sides. Uh, you know, we'll we'll certainly see, and it's going to be a very interesting offseason, and I can't wait for that first day of free agency next March to come because you know that Mr. Bell is going to have his name on a sign on a dotted line somewhere, whether it's going to be the Eagles or the Jets or the Lions or whatever, I don't know, wherever he's going to go, Packers. I, the well, Packers and the Lions look like they got their guys now, but I don't know if the Jets just probably going to throw them throw boats of loads of money at him. The, the fact is, is he going to want to play for the Jets? That's another matter. But anyway, we'll get this team in mind, I mentioned this year. preseason, the Indianapolis Colts. They have $126 right. million dollars to spend next year, and their line has shown signs of really being an up-and-coming line. They've got a franchise quarterback and a new coach with an offensive scheme that fits Le'Veon Bell's skills. Can you imagine putting Le'Veon Bell in that dink-and-dunk offense? He could catch 120 passes. Yep, yep, you're exactly right. So, I mean, can you imagine uh, Andrew Luck and Le'Veon Bell on the same team? And, you know, and you got T.Y. Hilton. Oh, my gosh, you know. Uh, so obviously, the, the, uh, the, the Marlon Mack and uh, Nyheim Hines owners in, uh, in Dynasty Leagues are probably crossing their fingers, hoping that doesn't happen. But, you know, it, it's going to be a thrilling offseason, to say the least. Anyway, uh, everyone out there with James Conner, obviously, you've got your stud running back for the rest of the year. So, you know, hold him there. If you got Bell in a redraft early, you can absolutely dump him because he's not going to play, can't play this year the rest of this year his uh 20 
2018 season is done and never got started. However, if you own him in a dynasty league, uh, you can. He's got good trade value for the future. So you know, if you're if you're maybe uh, one one good player away from uh, making your playoffs or from winning, you think winning the whole thing, then you know you leverage uh, what he's going to do in the future years uh, to get a, a player that's immediately impacting a, a solid starter this year. I wouldn't trade him for anything other than a solid starter. You know, in, in that situation in a dynasty league, but it's certainly going to be very interesting in the off season to see where he lands. Okay, uh, moving on quickly here. Uh, Nick Mullins is going to remain the 49ers quarterback, uh, and and Fitzmagic, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to remain the Tampa Bay Buccaneers starting quarterback for the the, the, the coming weeks here. The 49ers said they're going to start, they're going to keep stay with Mullins until Shanahan says so differently. Do you think in both cases this is the right decision for these teams, Chris? Well, certainly it looks to be the right decision for Nick Mullins. He, the team just seems to be playing better and more inspired with him, and that's something you really want with a young team is to try to get them motivated. So I think that's a good call uh, as long as he keeps producing like he has been. The thing with Fitzpatrick right now is that the Buccaneers have to make a determination as to whether they're going to continue to invest in the younger, more dynamic Jameis Winston or, or obviously finish the year with, Fitz, with Fitzpatrick. Once the Buccaneers are out of any playoff contention, and right now they're two and a half games out of the last wild card spot, they're only a game behind the defending Super Bowl champs, uh, they're still technically in contention. If they start to get to like 3-9, and 3-10, and ten, uh, then I don't see any reason why they wouldn't go back to Jameis Winston during the fantasy playoffs, And considering their schedule. That makes Jameis Winston a good stash on your fantasy roster if you can right now, because I do think he's going to start late in the year once the Buccaneers are eliminated. Okay, uh, the biggest injury of the week, obviously, was the one to, to uh, the Cooper Cup tore his ACL non-contact injury, gone for the year. It looks like Josh Reynolds is probably going to play this slide, uh, take over that position there. He scored twice when Cooper Cup was out for a couple of games earlier. So fantasy impact here. Obviously, if you're a Cooper Cup guy, do you run out and guess Josh, Josh Reynolds? Uh, maybe the tight end see a bit more targets. What do you think, Chris? Well, I think Josh Reynolds, if you're going to pick somebody up, unless there's somebody – miraculously out there on the waiver wire like a, a Marquez Valdez-Scantling or a Corey Davis who was probably dropped when he was stinking, stinking early in the year or middle of the year. Unless mm-hmm. you're a guy like that out there, yeah, you probably do want to go out and get a Josh Reynolds because you know what his role is going to be and you know what that offense is going to do. Okay. Uh, one last note before we get to the list of injuries here. The Buccaneers have released Chandler Canton-Zero. He missed a couple of kicks this past week, and you know, so the, the, the merry-go-round at kicker keeps turning in, in Tampa Bay. Cairo Santos gets his turn this coming week. So, uh, you know, if you got Canton-Zero, you can drop him. I wouldn't necessarily pick up Cairo Santos, but, you know, there's other kickers out there. Uh, it's, just, it's just a kicker. <laughs> anyway, uh there's no quarterback injuries to talk about right now. I, I, I'm surprised about that. But anyway, uh, we just mentioned James Conner with the concussion, making sure that, you know, that he's going to come back. The team is optimistic he'll be able to play this week. We'll see once practices begin. Royce Freeman with the ankle down in Denver is expected to play this week. That's good news for him. Also good news for Chris Carson in the hip. Uh, Seattle practiced today. He fully practiced. He was limited Monday, uh, an estimate on Monday, but he actually fully practiced today. He's expected to play on Thursday night along with Mike Davis and Rashard Penny there in the threesome. Uh, 
Uh, Chris uh, Thompson with the rib, uh, still very painful, didn't play this past week. Uh, we'll see if he can practice later this week, and we'll keep an eye on that. Ronald Jones is a couple of, couple of games sitting with the hamstring. Uh, he may be able to play this week. It just depends on whether he can practice. We'll see. Uh, A.J. Green with a foot uh, in uh, Cincinnati, not expected to play this week, might not be able to play until December. Uh, actually, it's a toe injury, uh, so it's very, very important that, uh, you know, that he gets some rest there, and, uh, you know, they're going to reevaluate another week. He might miss another couple of weeks here. Uh, Stefan Diggs with the ribs. Uh, he actually practiced on Monday. He says he will play. Of course, he said he was going to play uh, a couple of weeks ago before the for the bye, and he didn't. So, you know, it's, it's a couple of weeks on down the road, so we'll see there if he practices the rest of this week. Sammy Watkins, they expect him to come back and play this week in the big game on Monday night. By the way, people, the Monday night game is no longer going to be in Mexico City due to poor, horrendous field conditions. It's going to be back in L.A., I guess it's going to be a home game for, uh, for going to be a home game for for the Rams, isn't it? Anyway, it's going to be a thrilling game to watch. Rams versus Chiefs, one loss on both sides. Uh, you know, uh, some teams say it's a preview of the Super Bowl. Uh, real quick, Chris, you think that this is possible preview of the Super Bowl? It certainly could be, but I wouldn't bet against the Saints the way they're playing right now and any team coached by Bill Belichick at this juncture. Yep. Yep, that's that's what I've got as the top four teams in the league right now. So it, that would be a heck of a heck of a uh, AFC and NFC championship game. There are Chiefs against the Patriots. The Patriots edged them out earlier this year, and of course the Saints against the Rams. And the Saints edged hey, and them the Chargers, out. So it's the Chargers are probably see. the most complete team of any one of those, quite honestly. Yep. You're exactly right, and if they get uh, Joey Bosa back, uh, you know, coming off that foot injury, they're they're going to be right there too. So it's going to be a very thrilling uh, playoff uh, playoffs uh, in NFL. It always normally is, but I'm really excited about a lot a lot of these really good offenses and uh, interesting defenses too. Saints defense is getting better too. Um, anyway, back to the list here. Julian Edelman with the ankle injury is not considered serious. He's got a bye this week, so he's going to rest. They probably end up coming back and playing when they come back. Marvin Jones got a knee injury. Fortunately, there's no structural damage or whatnot, but he's got a bone bruise there. He's day-to-day. Would not expect him to play this week. We'll see. Uh, Kiki Guti with a hamstring in Houston. Uh, he's optimistic. Uh, he thinks he might be able to play this week. We'll see if he can get through the week of practices. Uh, for Green Bay, Randall Cobb's already been ruled out with a hamstring injury. He didn't practice today. He's not going to make the trip to Seattle. And If you don't make the trip to Seattle, there's no way you can play in Seattle for the Packers. Anyway, Jamison Crowder with an ankle in Washington. He, he had an MRI schedule. We're still waiting uh, for the results in that We'll see tomorrow if he comes back and practices or not. Um, otherwise, there's going to be more of Josh Dotson and Maurice, Maurice Harris there. Uh, Jordy Nelson with the quad uh, and Martavis Bryant with the knee. Uh, Martavis Bryant for Oakland it just gets worse and worse. Possible torn A's, uh, PCL. They had an MRI schedule. We'll see what the results are there, but he's out indefinitely. Um, Jordy Nelson, very uncertain to play. It looks like Brandon LaFell and Seth Roberts are your number one and number two wide receivers for the Raiders. Uh, yeah, number one pick, here we come. They're the only team with one win. Fortunately, my Giants got off the schneid and got their second win last night against Nick Mullins and the 49ers, a classic Eli Manning comeback at the end. It's the first time I've been able to cheer my team in like two years. <laughs> anyway, final note here, uh, Rob Gronkowski with the ankle back. Uh, it's a bye situation this week. They hope that he'll be able to come back and play once they come back off the bye, and we'll see you next week. And we will, we will be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. 
President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay. Uh, we want to obviously urge everyone to check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good stuff on there. Scanning reports on a weekly basis, uh, two each week from uh, Chris Rito, a preview and review of the previous week's games. Uh, lots of the other teams covered, too. By the way, we are missing a, quite a few uh, teams being covered here. So if anyone's interested in listening right now and you want to cover uh, there is a, a scouting benefits package, contact me directly through the site, and we'll talk and see if you want to cover one of the teams we're not uh, having covered uh, right now uh, on the site. And, of course, uh, uh, we've been quick bidding uh, NFL information and news on a daily basis for 23 plus years. Uh, our weekly fantasy newsletters include daily premium injury quick bets, all the information you want to know about uh, injuries and such, including expanded picks to click and flick the market, NFL a game matchup announced by John Cooney, and our rankings each week updated on Saturday. Uh, all that's been discounted just to 9.95, the cost of a pizza. So try us out, people. FFMastermind.com. Uh, hopefully you'll like what you see. Uh, let's uh, oh. Follow me on Twitter, also, FF Mastermind. Uh, let's get right to the pick, sit, click, and flick for this week. These are guys you might want to consider getting in your lineup because of the situations, or guys you might want to uh, think twice about starting. Uh, give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week and why, Chris. Yeah, and before we go into all of our picks to click and flick, it's really worth pointing out that this week was really difficult because most of the, uh, of the guys with good matchups were already no-brainer starters. And five yep. of the six teams on bye this week are teams that generally you look to match your players up against because they're very weak defenses. And so we have it was really tough to find some. So I'm going to give you a little more reaches than usual on my picks to click this week. So saying that, I'm going to start with okay. Eli Manning, who's been almost flickable every week. But he is starting to play a little better statistically, and there's definitely no mistaking the potential to attack the Buccaneers in the air. They've allowed the most passing touchdowns and fourth most yards. The potential to use Barkley as a receiver as well as the reemergence of Evan Ingram definitely going to help him here, and I think it makes him a very solid bye week fill-in. And then I like Marcus Mariota this week. Uh, the Colts' pass defense has been very leaky in recent games. They've allowed some huge passing stats to some very pedestrian aerial offenses like the Jets, the, the Jags, and then the Raiders in the last four games. Mariota's also averaged 27 points per game fantasy-wise since the bye and has a really nice upside history against Indy. He's only topped 290 passing yards seven times in his whole career, but three of them have been against the Colts. I have to second what Chris said. It was very, very tough. Uh, I uh, Usually I end up getting most of my picks to click and flick done late night on Sunday night for Monday morning release, and I had to end up doing like less than half of them and uh, take a break and, and uh, you know, just the, let myself recover from the day. And in the morning, then it hit it, and it was still very tough because you got usually end up picking somebody against uh, the Bills or the Dolphins or the Browns, you know, the 49ers, and all those teams are not playing this week. So with that being said, a couple of quarterbacks I like this week. Dak Prescott's playing better. 
whether it's against good or bad teams. And he gets the Falcons secondary, and it still sucks. And even though they get Deion Jones back this week, uh, I think he should be able to have some success, throw maybe one or two touchdowns there, and maybe even run one in because uh, that's what he's been doing, uh, boosting his uh, fantasy totals there. Also, uh, uh, Blake Bortles again. Uh, you know, last week we said he owns the Colts. Well, I know he's playing at home, and they're playing the Steelers this week, but the Steelers can give up uh, the big play. Uh, also on the road, they're not quite the same team there, so I think he's good for a couple scores in this game too. So uh, don't underrate uh, Blake Bortles this week. A couple of guys I'm uh, concerned about, uh, Alex Smith, Washington. I think the Texans defense coming off that bias is really going to limit him. Uh, he hasn't really been uh, playing very well, even if he's got juicy matchups against the Falcons and the, and the, and the, and the Bucks, he's been throwing one score. Uh, you know, so what's he going to do against the Texans? It's going to be very tough, people, so be careful about Alex Smith this week. And Derek Carr is like an auto flick until further notice. That's what I've got on there. doesn't really matter who he's playing. Uh, of course, this week, who, who are they playing? They're playing the uh, – well, that was the Chargers last week. They're playing Arizona, and uh, uh, Patrick Peterson in that secondary is still a pretty good uh, secondary. They limited uh, Patrick Mahomes this past week. So Derek Carr as uh, a flick, especially without Jordy Nelson, without Amari Cooper, without Martavis Bryant. I mean, it's just a mess. Jared Cook, I guess, is the guy. Uh, I'm not starting Derek uh, Carr this week. A couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? Start with Andy Dalton. He looked like early in the season like he was going to be a really solid fantasy starter, but he's, that whole offense is starting to stumble and fade. Um, he lost his top weapon, obviously, in A.J. Green. Um, but then they got the Ravens this week, and they've held quarterbacks below their averages all year, and they've actually faced a tremendous gauntlet of top passing offenses, and they're still one of the top pass defenses in the league. So sit Dalton for sure. And then a caution play will be the hottest quarterback in the league right now, really, is Andrew Luck. He's even more than Patrick Mahomes. Much of his fantasy values come because he's consistently found the end zone. Three-plus touchdowns for six straight weeks. That's just incredible. Uh, the Titans, however, have allowed the fewest touchdown passes in the NFL, only 11 so far, and among the lowest yardage totals. They've totally shut down opposing tight ends with no touchdowns so far, although to be fair, they've only played one, and it was Ertz that he killed them. And they can also generate pressure up front, something Luck hasn't faced in, in all of his streaks. So a lot of factors look like Luck really might have a tough time putting up the same kind of studly numbers he's put up in the last month and a half. Okay, and a couple of running backs you like and why. Yeah, I know the Raiders are really struggling, but I do like Doug Martin this week. He's been getting the ball a lot, and he's been a solid yardage guy since taking over as, as the lead dog there. He's just yet to find pay dirt. But he does face a very vulnerable Cardinals run defense. It's allowed the third most rushing yards and the most touchdowns to running backs on the ground. So this looks like a good bet for him to finally see the painted area and be a solid running back number two for your team. He's had a lot of great first halves, and the Raiders start losing, and he limits his touches, but they shouldn't fall too far behind this week. So I think he'll be good. And then I also like Peyton Barber. If you, the, to the eye test, if you watch him in the game, it's showing Barber to be a much better runner than the carry, number of carries and the stats have indicated, kind of like Aaron Jones was earlier in the year for Green Bay. So maybe a game like this against a very substandard Giants run defense will allow them to give him the ball a little bit more. They have a lot of ton of passes to running backs too, so, so maybe Jaquiz Rogers, who had eight catches last week, is a sneaky, valuable PPR play for the Buccaneers as well. Okay, a couple of running backs I like this week. Alex Collins of Baltimore Ravens. They're hosting the Cincinnati Bengals, and we all know the Bengals are having trouble stopping the run right now. So uh, I think Alex Collins is going to score and put up the yards in this game. That's uh, So stick him in your lineup. Kerryon Johnson, I uh, was really concerned about him last week. Uh, you know, coming off that ankle injury, questionable for the game, playing up in Chicago, very good run defense. All he does is score twice. 
and basically keeps Le'Garon Blount off the field. Even Theo Riddick uh, didn't really cut in too much into his pass receiving there. So I'm calling Carrion Johnson now matchup proof, and he's the real deal. So you stick him in your lineup. Don't worry about who they're playing. Uh, anyway, uh, the couple of guys I'm not crazy about this week, Marlon Mack in Indianapolis. I think the Titans are going to limit him. They've been very stingy against the runs. They just shut down Sonny Michel uh, and uh, James White last week. Didn't do much either for, for the Patriots. So I'd be c- concerned about uh, Marlon Mack. And uh, Jordan Howard, uh, the Vikings have given up only two rushing scores in 2018. He's very TD dependent. So if you start him, because you probably have to because it's a buy situation, just don't uh, expect much. And uh, don't be surprised if he pulls another low point getting uh, uh, game because he does not score. Uh, give me a couple of running backs you don't care for this week, Chris, and why? You want to talk about TD dependent? The first guy that comes to mind to me is Latavius Murray. Dalvin Cook's obviously back. The team showed they will use him fairly exclusively if they can. Now they get a trip to Chicago where the Bears have only given up one rushing touchdown all year. It was last week to carry on Johnson. And only 60 rushing yards per game at home makes a touchdown dependent part timer like Latavius Murray a real long shot this week. And then I'm a little concerned about Tevin Coleman. I know he's been a little bit hot, but the Cowboys have been fairly stout against the run, and when they've been hit hard, it's been by true power backs rather than the quicker backs like the still pretty big Coleman. Uh, Cowboys have allowed a league low of 3.5 yards per carry and very few long runs, which have been key to Coleman's decent days so far. And with the ease of throwing against Dallas, I look for fewer runs this week from Atlanta. Okay, and a couple of wide receivers you like and why. Uh, kind of a sneaky guy is Willie Sneed. He's very quietly having a solid PPR year, and he's right there with the bigger names, John Brown and Michael Crabtree, for production in that offense. He's actually leading the team in catches, and he's right up there in yards. He should have another high-volume day against a terrible pass defense. And if Lamar Jackson is the man this week, you know, I won't say under center because he'll be in the shotgun, <laughs> but uh, he just might be the preferred target of the young guy who has worked with Sneed more on the second unit. Very sneaky PPR play, especially in DFS with a high floor. And I like Tyler Lockett. He's still not getting a ton of looks, especially with Baldwin back, but he's a prime deep threat, and the Packers are very susceptible to deep speed down the field. Getting hard to overlook him scoring seven touchdowns in nine games so far. He's been a very steady producer with a high weekly ceiling due to that long TD potential and the high scoring potential of this game. Okay. Uh, a couple of guys I like this week. Uh, Dante Moncrief uh, had the big score against the Colts last week. He's making big plays and faces a very beatable Steelers of the team at home, and it makes uh, perfect sense. And I like uh, Blake Bortles. I'm going to like Dante Moncrief, who's really developed into the number one guy there in Jacksonville, and the big thing is that he's healthy. Also, Amari Cooper for Dallas. Uh, I think he's going to score a second touchdown as a Cowboy against the Falcons this week. Uh, obviously, it's a very beatable opponent. Uh, they've been really locked on. Uh, Amari Cooper's really made a difference for the Cowboys' passing game. He opens up the field for the other receivers, and this time it's going to be his turn to make a big play. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about this week. Tyler Boyd, uh, you know, you're probably going to start him because you have to, just like I will in one league. But, you know, Jimmy Smith's going to be all over him. There's no uh, there's no uh, A.J. Green this week. Uh, you know, Dalton is just not playing uh, very well right now. So, uh, you know, just like last week, three catches, 50 yards or so. I wouldn't expect much more than that from Tyler Boyd this week. And, of course, Jordy Nelson, who knows if he's going to play with that quad injury. He gets Patrick Peterson if he plays. Fantasy bench, that's what it equals to. A couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I'll give you a couple of hot guys, which I think are going to come back to earth this week. I'll start with Allen Robinson. Obviously, he exploded last week. Good to see him back. That was the smart Trubisky taking what was given to him. Minnesota is tops in the NFL in defending the number one wide receiver and far less so at the other positions. They've only allowed two wide receiver touchdowns and very few yards. 
aside from that one ridiculous Rams game earlier this year. I look for his breakout game in Week 10 to be a short-lived ride atop the fantasy rankings. Xavier Rhodes shuts him down this week. Remember, he was also playing his hometown Lions last week coming off an injury, so he was really motivated. And then a guy who scored for two straight weeks, he's been on our click list correctly for two straight weeks, Josh Dotson. Uh, I think it's now time to return to the flick pile. <laughs> Besides the fact I just don't think mm-hmm. he possibly he could score in three straight games, I think the nature of the Texans' D will not allow him to get downfield or for Smith to extend plays to let Doxson get free. Houston allows dink and dunks to protect quarterbacks in the pass rush, so I think Mo Harris or Crowder, if he's back in the lineup, will get the bulk of the action. Back to the fantasy bench for you, Josh. Yep. How about a couple of tight ends you like this week and why? I kind of like Trey Burton. I talked about the Vikings' pass defense. They're the fifth worst team in the NFL in defensive efficiency versus the tight end, and they do have some secondary skill to shut down the wideouts, like I just mentioned. They've allowed a lot of red zone passing targets, too, and Burton could benefit there because he leads the Bears in red zone yards, receptions, and touchdowns. So he he could be a good play. And I like Jeff Hireman of the Broncos. He's steadily increased his targets all season. He scored in two straight games. You know, Since Demarius Thomas was traded, he had ten targets in that last game. Uh, Chargers are kind of middle of the pack in defending the tight end, but they have allowed touchdowns to tight ends in four of their last six, with only Oakland failing to score uh, in those twice in the two games they played. Yeah, I'm right there with Hewerman. I got him uh, in a in a couple of leagues where I've got Chris Herndon, so I've Herndon's on a bye, so go Hewerman there. Anyway, uh, by the way, both these times he had Delaney Walker as my number one. So you know, this is what happens, people. You know, when you get a guy that that gets injured and is out for the year in week one. Anyway, a couple of tight ends I like this week: Evan Ingram. Uh, I think he's going to burn the Bucks for a score this week. They finally got him open down the sidelines late in the 49ers game. They're going to realize that they need to get the ball to him more on bigger, deeper routes. There, Ricky Seals Jones for Arizona. Oakland just struggles against the tight end. Ricky had five solid catches for 50-so on some odd yards last week, so I think he's going to uh, do the same with a good chance of a score this week. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about. Nick Vanette, he did score last week. He only had one, the one catch. Well, the Packers have yet to allow a tight end to score in 2018, so to the bench you go Nick Vanette. And Jared Cook, uh, <laughs> the Cardinals have only allowed two tight end scores, none since week two, and I know that Cook's probably going to be the only receiver uh, healthy alongside Brandon LaFell and Seth Roberts, but I still don't like him this week, so I'll be very careful about that. Give me a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris. One will be a little obvious, Cameron Brait, but, uh, you know, he's probably a permanent flick until Winston gets back under center again. But Brait has never scored in double digits for PPR with Fitz under center for the entire game. Never. And after Howard went invisible last wow. week, you kind of feel like they're going to try to get him more involved, push his break farther down the pecking order. I would definitely sit him until Winston's starting. And then I don't like Jimmy Graham this week. Despite some very favorable matchups the last three weeks, his usage has been nearly non-existent. There's only one catch in two of those three games. And even though it's a revenge game against the Seahawks, I just can't see the Seahawks suddenly forgetting how to cover the tight end. They've been among the best at limiting the position all year allowing only 35 yards per game to the tight end. I think that knee injury for Jimmy Graham is bothering him a little bit more than they're letting on. Okay. Time for the one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them. Well, you mentioned you wouldn't run out and sign Cairo Santos, but I actually would this week. Uh, he's replacing Catanzaro. <laughs> they're on a really good offense with really bad red zone woes and a solid red zone deep for the Giants who have allowed the most field goals Three-plus field goals allowed in seven straight games. Looks like a really nice week to pick him up, especially if you DFS guys want a cheap kicker. And then I like Mike Badgley uh, for San Diego. He's going to stay in there with, with them letting go of uh, oh, what's his name? Caleb Sturgis. Uh, the offense gives him 
lot of opportunity. Denver's generous defense. That equals fantasy production. He's never missed a kick as a pro. That's all I'm going to say. And a couple of defenses I like is uh, I like the Redskins at home against the Texans. Got a decent pass rush against a heavily set quarterback, and they do force a lot of fumbles as well. And I like the Cardinals at home against Oakland because, well, it's Oakland, and they're playing at home. It sounds like a recipe for success unless until I prove otherwise. Okay, before we close the show, um, I wanted to go over the, the waivers for the FF Webmasters 14-team non-PPR Experts League, very unique league that I'm in. Uh, really getting into it. It's been a while since I've had a really good winner in this team, in this league. Uh, I'm currently 7-3. and three. Uh, Matt Breida, I needed 18 points out of him on Monday night. Unfortunately, I got two touchdowns and over 100 total yards. End up winning my game by seven. Very fortunate there, seven and three. Uh, so of course I was down near the bottom of the uh, worst to first waiver period. And of course Mr. Josh Reynolds was the first person picked up here uh, by one of the uh, the lesser teams there. Uh, Alfred Blue was also picked up next. I'm not quite sure why that was, but Aldrick Rosas uh, was then picked up. Obviously someone had a kicker on a bye probably. Uh, Cole Beasley was the next guy picked up. This is non PPR, so he's got less value here. In fact, I had Cole on my team. Uh, but, you know, five catches for 30 yards is three points, not eight. So there you go. Uh, somebody uh, agrees with Chris Rito on this. Uh, Eli Manning uh, was picked up right before I was. And then uh, I put in my picks here, and I ended up getting Mr. John Ross, uh, the, now the number two wide receiver for uh, the Bengals while A.J. Green is out. I dropped the Packers defense. I don't need them. I've got the Texans and Baltimore no longer on buys. So, uh, you know, we're entering the home stretch there. I'm 7-3. I am three games out, though, because there is an undefeated team at 10-0, and and there's also uh, an 8-2 team ahead of me. Uh, so, you know, but uh, top six teams make the playoffs. I'm, I think I'm the number three and number four seed right now. And after 13 weeks, it's going to be an interesting uh, month of, for the next season, uh, for, the next, uh, for the next month. Uh, anyway, uh, we want to thank everyone for joining us. This is for Chris Rito. This is Mike Nazarick. We'll see you all next week when we preview week 12 of the 2018 NFL season. Goodbye, good night, and good luck to everyone this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarick, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.